Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. everyone, I am Guile. I tweet at Door Podcast, and tonight I am joined by Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chickren on Twitter. And we have a couple of returning guests. We have Drea. Hey, I'm Andrea. Uh, you can find me, I think, at Andrea Lee 17 on Twitter. Please tell remember. me that, that doesn't mean you're 17 years old, though. Oh, dear God Almighty, no. Okay. <laughs> we're on the up and up here at Close the Door. Yeah, yeah. And we have Barely Legible. Not Barely Legal. <laughs> Perfect guess. No, I am Barely Legible. I am Barely Legible on Tumblr and Barely underscore Legible on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And tonight we have a special episode for you guys. We are going to be discussing the ships of ice and fire. So um, everyone holds your hats as we discuss the cinnamon wind, Black Betha, silence, <laughs> um, all of that, uh-huh. actually. What's Clearly, your favorite? <laughs> Clearly that would be a very short episode. <laughs> we are going to be discussing the relationships of ice and fire. Um, timely episode, given that we are coming off the royal wedding weekend. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Some of that might seep into our discussion as well as uh, I want to give our standard trigger warnings for um, probably rape, most likely. Hopefully not in this episode, but you never know. And our spoiler warning, we spoil everything. I don't really want to hear any complaints about spoiling. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have been Amen. warned You have been re- warned repeatedly. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to do a special episode really devoted to those ships of ice and fire because obviously, you know, those of us here, and I think tonight we might legit all be um, Jamie and Brienne shippers. We do have some guests, I think, that play along nice with us and um, pretend to be Jamie Brienne shippers, but I think they just like the story. <laughs> and I'm really not going to. I'm not going to name names, and I'm also not going to not not going to have a problem with that. But um, I think. Tonight we're all more of the JB shippers, and you know we discussed that ad nauseum. So I really wanted to open up the discussion to some of the other ships that we enjoy. So I wanted to ask around and get an idea of what everyone's couple of favorite non-Jamie Brienne ships um, in A Song of Ice and Fire are. Um, I'm really into Gendry and Arya, strangely because I I hate Arya. Okay, I don't like Arya. But I'm very attached to Gendry and Arya, um, and also San San. Even though I think it's a little problematic, I'm I'm pretty oh. attached to them. I uh, it just those are the only two I think I really care a lot about outside of JB. You know? Yeah, I'm a San San shipper. Mm. I know it's problematic, but it is what it is. But I still defend it. I'm that person. Like, yeah, wow, it's problematic, but it's not. <laughs> I feel a little dirty, but yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? You guys are on this podcast. Um, I, I, well, I'm a hardcore Gendria shipper. Um, and like, I'm mildly ship Sansan. I'll be really frank. Sorry, Sansan shippers on this podcast. 
like the shippers turned me off sand sand more than anything else. Like hmm. Sometimes the sand sand shippers are out of control, um, which I just was reminded a couple weeks ago, but uh, on a Twitter exchange. But yeah, no, I, I mildly ship sand sand. I mean, it definitely has its problematic elements, but I mean, what Sansa ship doesn't, dear God, other That's than Sansa true. Pod, like they're all really, really bad. <laughs> All the Sansa ships are really weird, aren't they? Like, I kind of yeah. went down the Sansa... Because I'm I'm a Sansa stan. I, I just love her as a character. And, a, like, a week ago, I went down the Sansa rabbit hole. And was just kind of shocked, I guess, to see, like, oh, she's just kind of paired with anybody that you want to pair her with. Well, I, <laughs> she's a self-insert, not to, not to like, get on a, a Mary is. Sue high horse, which I don't really agree yeah, with. But yeah, I think the... there's a self-insert element with Sansa. That was one of the questions I had was, um, you know, what's your choice? Because Sansa is one of those characters that ship with everyone, um, you know, what's your preferred Sansa ship? And it seems like we have a lot of um, Sander fans and <laughs> a little voice in the wilderness for Pod. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I still have a thing for, you know, Willis and the boat and the puppies. Oh, yeah, that is a nice ship. But oh. I, I also like Sansan. Yeah. I like Sansa. I mean, like, I just, like, I'm not that invested in any Sansa ships, really. I mean, like, I just, I'm like, I just hope she's okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. Do you think that George, when he wrote her sample and released her sample chapter, do you think that he was intending to get some, like, Sansa Harry shippers? No. Okay. Because they kind of have, like, that fun little banter. And maybe people would get more attached to that. He's such an asshole, though. Yeah, but I mean, you know, so are... I mean, as advertised, but I mean, oh, God, who's shipping that? Um, <laughs> I know there's someone. <laughs> then, you know, obviously there's Sansa John. I, you know, does anyone have any feeling? You know, does anyone care about that? No. no. I I want to understand that right. one. Like, I kind of get it, but I kind of nope. don't. I honestly, it's funny with that one. Before I watched the show, because I read the books, and then I watched the show, and I kind of ventured onto Tumblr and just from the gifts that you see, I thought that John and Sansa were like a thing. Like I thought that was going to be part of the show. And then I started watching and, (laughs) you know, and it really got, or maybe that was before I saw consumed any of it. But then I got into it and was like, wait a second. So in this universe, they're either half siblings or they're cousins at the least. Right. So like, where's the line on incest with with (laughs) I think they have a lot of chemistry, the actors themselves. I think in the books, I would have never if I, you know, I could see why people ship them in the show because the googly eyes and the sort of chemistry. But (laughs) in the books, I would have never thought, oh, that's an interesting ship. I would have never. Yeah, I kind of get it from the show, too, because I feel like they kind of baited the John Sansa shippers a little bit on the show. (laughs) They have. (laughs) They did. But yeah, no, in the books, I never understood. I, I, I do know a couple people who have long time shipped it from the books oh, and wow. I never got it. I'm like, what are you talking? I think it's just a Sansa self-insert. I, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to get in so much trouble for saying that. I really do think that's No, she is. is. <laughs> I mean, I love I love her, but I also acknowledge that to an extent she is. I think she's kind of the this could be you, you know, kind of situation. Yeah, she, she because we're, is. we're not going to join we're not going to join a death cult. We're not, you know, we're not going to be six and a half feet tall. We're not going to birth dragons. You know, so, I mean, the most, you know, the most normal character, at least in the POV character. Actually, that's kind of interesting. Of all the POV characters, I mean, Sansa is probably the most normal character, right? Mm, She's pretty. I mean, not everybody's like, you know, 
pretty. <laughs> yeah, I think she's normal though in just the way she like. I actually I read something that I thought was insightful about her. You know, kind of along those lines where it said like, we all like to think that we would be Arya or Brienne and we'd pick up a sword and we would be strong, you know, women or we'd kill to get what we wanted. And it's like, in reality, most of us would, we would do what little we could and otherwise we'd keep our head down and survive or the majority of people. And I think that's, you know, where she kind of comes in, but that's also where she is easy to self-insert and she's easy to be anybody, you know, and why people find her annoying. Cause yeah. especially in the show, she's very annoying. Like, yeah no she she can be um and i think the other thing is that she's compassionate and so the character when you you know the character as written like her initial her initial thought with with almost every character is to be compassionate to like find out Mm -hmm. and emphasize to herself like what's likable about them almost so Mm -hmm. you can kind of see how that can turn into shipping i mean even with someone like robin which i don't think there's any i mean i'll be stunned if there's robin and sansa ships out there but you know oh, i'm sure there are i know i'm sure there are just age them up. Jeez. um but you know like even that you know she's finding like the you know things that she can tolerate with with him and you know i mean i guess like she doesn't really do that with little finger like she's always kind of thinking about the you know the things she doesn't like yeah yeah. Which well, is good, he's... but which is you know pretty pretty much everything. But yeah, I, I know there are some Sansa Littlefinger shippers out there too. Which you know, I hope you find Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, I was just gonna jump back to the John and Sansa ship that I think I think from the books. Um, I think the thing that a lot of people find is I think John from his POVs tends to use Sansa as like an example of various womanly things. And like, you know, when he meets some girl, he's like, Sansa always told me to tell a girl her name's pretty. And then he says, Oh, that's a pretty name. You know, and he compares a lot of women to Sansa. So I think a lot of people read into that. Like I've seen that quoted a lot by like, yeah, like the Johnson. Don't have siblings. It's it's yeah. the it's the exactly. JV Sorcy thing again. I'm always like, do you have siblings? Because if you right. do, I don't know. I don't know how you end up where some of these people. To be really honest with you, I'm just like, yeah, oh, yeah, like, like maybe they're only kids. I don't care if they're blood cousins. They were raised as fucking brother and sister. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. That would be interesting to see Sorry. how many people who ship Jamie and Cersei have a sibling. <laughs> um, I will. I will anecdotally tell you. I think um, many of them do not. Who've <laughs> got some weird kind of <laughs> subconscious thing going on? <laughs> yeah, I always they wanted a brother. I know. Uh, I think people are are really good at just willfully ignoring um, very important parts of the story to serve their purposes. I mean, Jamie and Cersei are beautiful, so let's have the beautiful people together. Yeah, it's it's that's that simple. So, I mean, I think that's why I had to do that with age a lot. (laughs) In terms of shipping, I mean, we obviously ignore like stated sexual preference completely for our ships, like. You know, as much as we all enjoy Stannis and Davos, there's nothing text in the text that would indicate that you know either of them are inter- are like interested in are each other. Are you sure? I mean, like, there's some. I mean, I think like George did some, <laughs> some like unintentional innuendo about politics, but they both seem like, they both seem pretty heterosexual. Like, I mean, I think like Davos is in love with him, maybe. Yes. But, 
from a hero worship standpoint. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, you know, I enjoy my share of Stannis Davos fix. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh my God. That one where they were shopping at Ikea is still my favorite. Their favorite. Uh-huh. And they ran into Jamie and Brienne. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and I mean, Ned Bird, obviously. We, yeah. we all enjoy. And I mean, God knows, like, there's enough, like, Rob and Theon or, you know, Theon and Ramsay, which, again, find, <laughs> find oh, God. a God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care which one. Just find one. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's hard. Mm. Yeah, it is. That's Theon. You don't see Theon and Sansa shipped very often, which, mm. you know. You did You did it with the show, though. I saw it after. Oh, really? what, what's, I got I don't even know what happened, what season. But was it after season six? There was some Sansa Theon shipping. Wow. Which, you know, I mean, they actually know each other. And yeah, I guess that, I think, that and they're not blood relatives. So they're not that, blood relatives. Yeah. And you could kind of see where each of them may have reason. Well, they may have thought there was a chance they would get married, you know, like when they were growing up, it seems like that could have been a logical outcome sure. for, for them. So they could have, you know, hmm. which I don't know when you're, you know, when you're the annoying kind of rotten, the annoying wild boy from, although that should make him super appealing. Like Sansa probably should have had a crush on him because think the young rolls in. Oh, come this, on. Like, he had to live with him. No way. This, yeah. But for like a little while, like this wild hostage, you know, Iron Island boy, like, and he's kind of good looking. Oh, like, you would kind of like. Calla would have had a cow. Hmm. But he, oh God, he's, he's <laughs> been there since she was like five or six. Yeah, but I mean, she's known him too long. She should, yeah. she should view him. It's that 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 psychological thing that I always forget and comma always remembers Maybe what I it's should. called. Yeah. She should view him as a brother and not want to have sex with him. <laughs> oh, you mean the West Westfelt syndrome? Is yeah, there's something. Is? Yeah, there's something that prevents you if you were raised with someone from finding them attractive or something supposed to. Uh. Like, <laughs> biological <laughs> and George has siblings like that's the shocking thing to me <laughs> well and I I have questions since we're kind of veering in that direction like I have questions about where the line is on incest and like even with George like for example like even in like the canon Jamie and Cersei that's bad that's taboo they're brother and sister but I'm pretty sure that Tywin married his first cousin yeah, I mean, and they're just—they don't make a first big... cousin was okay, right? Is that the deal? Yeah, back when? yeah, it's okay. Yeah, then. like yeah. back in the War of the Roses day, first cousins were okay. Um, it, totally unrelated. My my sister in law's brother—I shouldn't even say this. People <laughs> <I> know <laughs> are married to their first cousins, but they're like in their sixties, and it happened around that time, so they're not oh, having well. children or anything. Oh, okay. But they did have to go to a specific state to get married. Oh wow! Did they did they yeah. grow up as first cousins? Like, did they know one another? Was somebody yeah. like adopted or? Oh yeah. wow! Really? Yeah. But I mean, you know, again, happened like fairly late on. But yeah, it was kind of one of those. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you kind of feel like it's not hurting anybody. They're not gonna have kids, and you know, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. First cousin doesn't sound as crazy as you know. It's, I don't know. <laughs> it's like your aunt and an aunt and a nephew, maybe? Like, that's pretty... <laughs> yeah, that sounds worse. <laughs> and so usually there's, like, the age issue there, which makes it yeah. even grosser. Which, you know, I guess with Danny and John. So to, to ask another question, um, you know, John is sort of the female Sansa, and then I feel like he gets shipped with everyone, and do you sure. guys have favorite John ship? Well, I mean, I liked him with Ygritte in the book. Like, I, I felt bad when she died. That made me sad. So, I, I mean, that was what I was going to say was one of my, I, one of my aside from Jamie Brand, that was one of my favorite ships. But then that all ended. 
You know, I actually, I didn't like it in the book, but I liked it on the show. Oh, really? Actually. Okay. Same. Yeah. Same. Well, I think, you know, they were, you know, they were filming it while they were falling in love. And I mean, you know, I've seen, you know, you know, there's movies or whatnot where you find out that the lead pair was, you know, kind of starting to fall for each other. And, you know, you can tell on screen. It does make it better, I think. So. Yeah. And they had that playfulness that was fun. Well, and I think I it's kind of mildly ship John with Val. Yeah, I yeah, do too. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of too good. Well, no, I mean, book John is pretty good. She's too good for show John, who's just boring as shit. But, <laughs> I, well, I wouldn't say he's boring as shit. He's not as complex as book John. Yeah, yeah. Right. A lot more to, I ship him, I ship John with Val in the sense that, like, I know he turns down the offer that Stannis makes him and everything, but it's like, you know, if anybody is going to get her, because she gets married to some other dude, right? She kind of still gets pawned off to somebody, or am I misremembering? Oh, no. They're trying to, they're but trying. they're trying to. But it's like, you know, John at least lived among the wildlings and can appreciate, like, who she is and right. you know wouldn't necessarily for the same reasons with egret you know because he was with egret so yeah no i i do i'm a little sad with, whenever i think too much about john and val I'm like oh I, I i get a little wistful i like that one <laughs> are there characters that haven't ever even met that you kind of wish would meet in the books because you think that they would be a good match that sounds are, are you asking if any of us wanted john and danny to meet in the books Nope. <laughs> well, I was thinking more in terms of like, I think like, oh, what's a good like, kind of, well, I mean, um, a crack I'm, ship is what you're saying. Yeah, a, a crack I want ship. Hot pie to, to I want to, I want to, I want to ship. I forget what I've, who I've shipped hot pie. Like with. hot pie and like Willow Heddle or yes. something. <laughs> I want hot pie to have a nice love and a happy life. <laughs> Yeah, like they could start an empire of inns. That'd be great. Like Aww. they can, they could franchise <laughs> Crossroad Inn everywhere. That's the future of Westeros. <laughs> I'm kind of into Brienne and the Hound a little bit. Like I know they meet in the show, but they don't in the books. I don't think. Well, Mm-mm. kind of. They kind of brush when, past one oh, another. Oh, right. Duh. When did yeah. I pretending like we're avoiding other. spoilers? I mean, on the <laughs> quiet aisle, I'm like acting like <laughs> coy about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's interesting. It, it, so was that the show, do you think? Or did you already feel that way from the book? I definitely didn't from the books. I think it's more, honestly, it comes from fiction. Like it comes from when people pair them together in like fanfic because. Is that happening? Oh, Yeah. I feel oh, like I run into oh it a ton. It tends to be like it tends to be like a past relationship or something because you know um, usually what I'm reading is leading more towards JB, but uh, but it's on the idea that well they're both kind of outcasts and they're scarred and you know they've got their demons, but maybe they could learn to I don't know. See, that's why I like both of those characters, but I don't want that together. So that's mm-hmm. where I separate them out with, you know, Sansa and Jamie because it's the opposites that do it for me. I feel like Sander and Brienne are, are both too, you know, complicated to be together. Yeah, that makes sense. So it kind of brings up one of the questions that I, I prepped you guys. I gave, I gave, by prep, I mean, like, gave them two minutes warning. Um <laughs> So let's say that we live in a world where 
Brienne doesn't exist for Jamie and <laughs> vice versa, who would you ship Jamie and Brienne with in this universe? I mean, I feel like I feel like the answer is Heil for Brienne, and I just uh, okay. Otherwise, I just don't. <laughs> so I don't, I, th- I don't want to think about it. I thought about <laughs> it and thought Heil first because he's the obvious one. But then I was like, well, who you know, like what does Jamie? You know, Jamie brings to Brienne like his capacity to love, and I think also like his ability to expand her worldview a bit. Like, those are kind of some big things. And I'm like, okay, who, you know, who might provide some of that? Because I don't know, you know, I don't know that Heil, like, gets her on an intellectual level or whatnot. And then I was, like, thinking, I'm like, you know, actually, what about Brandon Mance? Just in terms of, like, you know, he's kind of dealt with the folly of, of vows and oaths and, you know, found reasons beyond, you know, found kind of causes beyond that. You know, he's a widower. I feel like <laughs> how old is like he in just, the books? Is he like He's like I mean he's not, I assume he's, he's kind of show, like, probably yeah, Jamie younger Ridge. man. Yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. he has like an infant, you know, he's kind of and you know, his wife could have been that much older than Val, I would think. Yeah, that doesn't seem horrible. So I feel <laughs> like that could work, maybe. I, I think it's funny that you went for Mance and not Tormund. Well I would never do that because I'm not like <laughs> I mean, I would never even fucking mention that. I find it so incredibly <laughs> offensive. And- so that this show portrayal is so vile, but I love Torment in the books. And yeah, if I just yeah. could bleach, if I could bleach the show from my mind where Torment and Brienne are concerned, um, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that Torment would appreciate her for who she is. He's so old in the books, though, isn't he? Like in the 50s? he is. True. But I think it's such yeah. a shallow a view of she is. Like, oh, she's a big, strong fighter. And that there's more to her than that. And I feel like but, there has to be someone that gets, like, the, you know, the, kind of the girlish soul of her. I yeah, think I, honestly, mixed. I don't think I trust anybody with Brienne. I'll be really, right. really frank with you. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Brienne is too precious. I, yeah, and I don't mean this in, like, a protect her as a virgin way. I mean it in, no. like... I don't know who I would fucking trust to not, like, you know, scar her. I mean, maybe I Willis. Mean, Just, he seems, like, pretty gentle. Maybe. Maybe. Actually, maybe. No. Well, you know, the, that kind of leads me into what I... Blah, blah, blah. Let me get my thought together here. <laughs> um, this isn't so much in a world where Brienne doesn't exist, but I've always liked the idea of Jamie having sort of a palate cleanser relationship between Cersei and Brienne, if that makes any sense. Like, so like the totally Hildy? Yeah, I almost yeah. want him to like hook up with Hildy or even if he had hooked up with Pia, if for no other reason than to go, you know what, I've been banging the quote unquote most beautiful woman in the world all my life. But now that I'm actually getting with the type of woman that I might like, this is nice. But you know, what would make it better is if it was Brienne, you know, or, or that it could get him out of that really toxic Cersei mindset and then come to the potential relationship with Brienne as a more ready for that. Cause I feel like, especially book Jamie, like in theory, he would still like, even if they were heading towards being together, he'd be so awful to her still. Like I feel and he, and I ship it hard. Um, but I just yeah, don't know. Really, he's going to be awful to her. He would continue to be awful. And so I love in my mind, the idea of a little palate cleanser in between there where he could go, you know what? I'm into it. 
I like her for who she is, and I'm also into, I mean, you know, yeah. all that. And he was I super think- gonna bang Hildy like in this last chapter. That's who he thought was showing up, and I think he was down for it. Yeah, and I think that's why George did that was to show you that it wasn't all about Cersei on one hand and Brienne on the other. That the, Jamie yeah. was starting to see that there were other people in this world, so that's why he inserted those characters so that it didn't feel like he was going to go from A to B, which I think is yeah, in general a bad idea. I think um, two long-term relationships back to back just signifies well, something not, less, a little he's less. Not going to live long enough. Yeah, for it doesn't to be bother me. <laughs> that. <laughs> Stop. That. <laughs> so my my Jamie ship that's not Brienne is always a hundred percent cat. Yeah. Hmm. Ooh. I I ship that. I, I mean, mean like, I want them to have mildly but... sex because I feel like they have a lot of chemistry, but I just feel like she's like the female Ned. I feel like Ned what? and Cat are my parents, and I love them for that role that they play. Even though I'm probably older than Cat and Ned when they died, but they're just—they're my parents. I don't think about them having sex. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I think you know, to Chicky's point, you know, Cat and Jamie's chemistry—I feel like in, in oh, the yeah. show and in the book—kind of like jumps off the page. Like they are. I never got it with the show as much, but man, in the books, I feel like right. they're just white yeah, hot. I think the show has. <laughs> yeah, white she does. Chemistry. Well, I mean, actually, she had inappropriate white hot yes. chemistry Rob. <laughs> <Like> so much <laughs> I actually was thinking of Jamie and Jane Westerling hmm. just I think that what? well I think that he respects her you know he re- he respects like kind of the fierceness that she loves that she loved Rob with and I think like like that's a huge thing for him and then I think you know you know I think for Jane, I think um, he'd have to like fight. He'd have to like win her a bit, which I think would be good. Would be good, and he would enjoy that maybe. So, and she seems like fairly simple. And you know, I thought like, what about like kind of some of the fun women, like a Miranda Royce or something? And I think like they're almost a little too much like Cersei. Like there's too much um, deceit or too much scheming or you know, and just that just wouldn't appeal to him. So like kind of a solid, honest, not very complex woman would be what I would choose for him. I think he needs somebody with a little more, uh, I don't know. Uh, a little more fire. Like, fu- yeah. Or, a little more yeah, like kind sure. of like t- toughness or not toughness, but like, I don't know, something a little spicier. Or like, I mean, I think if maybe like older and this might just be a purely like, in my head like trying to like a physicality thing but i was thinking uh although i don't think he'd go for like a bastard of of uh roberts but i was thinking maya stone oh. and jamie would be pretty hot if she was older if i could age her up i mean i kind of yeah <laughs> kind of hot. hot i don't hot. know if jamie would touch a daughter of roberts <laughs> yeah yeah he wouldn't but <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> Just, I could see that type of character more than a um, Jade Westerling because I just don't see him going for like a kind of a more lady. You know, I don't know. I guess I guess Cersei is the ultimate like, but she's more vicious. No, yeah, she's also a girl, and I feel like he needs a woman, an established, you yeah. know, older with more experience. That's to life think who older than, could than he Jane. be with? Yeah, like, like Barbie Dustin. 
Because that would be. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Barbara Fireworks. is probably his age in canon. Yeah, she yeah. was like yeah. hooking up with Brandon. <laughs> I think about that. Again, yeah, because like our vision of like of you know quote unquote middle aged women is yeah. so skewed by like their yeah. lack of being like actually. Yeah, Barbie's not some 50-year-old woman. She's, like, 35. That's what I was thinking, too. The hard part about trying to ship with other people is that there really is a limited number of people that are their age. You know what I mean? If you think of the women, like, there's not a lot of, what, like, the mid-30s to, you know, 40s and 50s, early 50s type, you know, if you want to stretch it out a little. There's probably some, you know, there's probably some fray chick that's you know, the right. <laughs> Actually, you know... Uh, Merritt Frey's widow, um, who's uh, Gatehouse Amy's mom, would be kind of fun. Oh gosh! <laughs> Although she's meant. For oh Spanish. yeah. What's her? Is she Maria? Is that her yeah. name? Yeah. Yeah. Maria or Mariah? I'm not sure. But yeah, she might be meant for Stannis. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought she was kind of fun too. Hmm. You know, just in general. Are there some ships that you guys absolutely like? Some established ships or like common, um, common fan ships that you guys just absolutely hate? Oh gosh, maybe. Oh, I used to hate Jamie Sansa, but that has pretty much disappeared. Oh, I still hate that. I was actually going to ask. <laughs> That's about horrible. That. Like, where does that come from? There was like fan art. There was really disturbing was fan art too for a while. It god. was a big thing. that pregnant Sansa one. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> That oh, was, God. Ah, that oh, was, it's like seared into my you just brain. Oh, <laughs> I'll never forget that. I don't know. And I don't know why. We'll just, Ugh. I mean, like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to ship shame. I'm doing a lot of ship shaming on this episode. And I'm doing a lot of talking about self-inserts when I really hate it when people talk about that with women. But yeah, Sansa, Jamie, I think it's. But that's, and that literally does just come down yeah, to like pure. You know, she's pretty. He's pretty. That literally is what that yeah, comes down to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I when think I, I just get annoyed at in general either whether people ship John and Sansa or John and Danny because, well, one, I again bring up where's the line on incest? Because how many of these same people are like, ew, Jamie Cersei, that's gross, but this is fine, you know. But also, especially with Jon and Daenerys, it's that, you know, it's the show shoving it down people's throats. And I just, I don't get it. I just honestly don't get it. And it seems just not creative. And I don't see the chemistry. I personally, I don't get it. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I get it as part of the story, but yeah, I'm I'm not really into it on the show, and I know I'm not going to be into it in the books. I th- I feel like it'll be a bigger problem for me in the books than it is on the show. I mean, I mean it almost kinda... feels like he just took this concept and said, oh, this is a really cool concept, you know, ice and fire, and then created characters without ultimately thinking about would they fit together. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like they yeah. fit in their own, but they don't have... Ca- I can't see them having I'm sure they'd want to fuck in the books. Like, I have no doubt they'd want to hop Yeah, like bed, a physical attraction, but... Like, yeah, I, I can't imagine a... it turning into any kind of partnership. I don't yeah, know. like a personality yeah. clicking. Yeah, the natural progression of John and Danny makes sense, but uh, it doesn't mean that it's anything less than duty, you know, when it all comes yeah. down to it. Well, and I think part of the problem is that their first, you know, their first loves are far more like 
the relationships are more appealing than their relationship together would yeah, likely be. Yeah, that's true. That's a good yeah. point. I mean, yeah. you know, we all kind of like express liking of John and Egret, and I know, you know, Danny and Drogo is pretty damn problematic, but um, that's I mean, another I, problematic I like it. There's a lot of people that like it. <laughs> I yeah, like yeah. it. Yeah. 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 It's, I'm just going to pretend that, <laughs> pretend there's not issues with it, but I mean, I do, I like that, you know, I like those characters together. I kind of, and I believe that they, you know, they love each other. I believe that John and Egret loved each other. I don't know, you know, prove, you know, prove me wrong by writing the books, George, but I, I don't mm-hmm. believe that John and Danny would do anything more than like convenience fuck, basically. Yeah. would be the next Dario. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, it's sort of like, I almost feel like George recognizes that even when he writes about, you know, Barristan's ideas around, you know, Barristan's kind of evaluation of Quentin and how he's, you know, mud and, you know, a girl would choose fire, but, you know, mud does this blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, John's, <laughs> he's just like kind of created the, the John and Danny future ship compared to, you know, someone like Quentin that might have been actually you know, interesting or more of a long-term character for Danny that would fit with her specifically and like who she is. Right. And I just think like Don, Don, Don and Janny, (laughs) (laughs) Don and Janny have, they've kind of gone through so many of the same experiences, which, you know, bonds them, I guess, but like, what do they bring each other other than like tools for a battle? Do they bring anything to each other like emotionally well i mean i guess what we don't know is is he writing them to be soulmates or is he just writing them to be you know the ultimate answer to the others we really don't know that yet i guess i mean i know people have always talked about them getting together and i kind of always half-heartedly was like oh he probably is gonna do that you know but it's just like i just never saw it making enough like emotional sense to get invested in it as a ship i guess would be the way i would put it so how, you know, one of the other questions I had was, you know, how do we feel about, I think, you know, we we joke a lot about George and his writing of sex scenes and how, you know, unify, uniformly pretty terrible they are. But you know, do we, how do you guys feel about his ability to write romances? And, you know, is that something that he does well? Is it something that you think is, you know, <laughs> not not done as well? I mean, I'm enjoying how he's writing Jamie and Brienne. I mean, I'm thinking yeah. about other... I mean, I enjoyed how he wrote, you know, John and Egret. I enjoyed that. Um, trying to think Sam and Gilly, I think, is a... I like Sam and Gilly. You know, I don't, I don't have major... Sex scene. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> and Loris. You know, we don't, he doesn't really write them, but, you know, the way Loris talks yeah. about him is very yeah. romantic. Yeah, and, yeah. I don't think he's horrible. I mean, no. I feel like he's good at the slow build. Like I immediately think of Gendry and Arya, where if you read through Arya's chapters and whenever she talks about Gendry, there's just sort of, and granted they're children, but like you feel like you're watching the first part of a movie where you go, oh, these two who met as children, they're going to get together eventually when they grow up because Mm -hmm. he just did such a good job in that case of just sort of sprinkling little bits of sweetness and kind of romance. Like there's a definite romantic overtone to their whole story. And I mean, that's kind of the same with like Jamie and Brienne, but Gendry and Arya is one that really comes to mind because they have so many just overtly very sweet, innocent 
And in my mind, maybe it's my little shipper goggles, but in my mind, romantic. There's a lot of romance with them. And they're not the only ones, but but not overt romanticism, I don't think. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I think he, he definitely, uh, I guess part of it is it's like what, you know, a lot of this is taste, like what, what kind of romance appeals to you. Because he wrote a lot of different romances. I mean, there are a lot of romances in these books. And I mean, he wrote Beauty and the Beast show. I mean, that's like the ultimate, yeah. you know, that was a slow build yeah. romance. Yeah, it was. I mean, like I, I mean, I love the Jamie. I love the way he was. Ri- he's written the Jamie and Brian romance. It is one hundred percent my bag. It's yes, my favorite written romance. Period. Um, I love it. Um, I mean, so like, yeah, I think he's great. On the other hand, like he's had some that I didn't like as well. That I think he did intend to be more romantic than they were. Um, <laughs> Which ones do you think he flopped on? Well, I mean, Liana Rhaegar is kind of yeah, the one that stands out as like, like mm, I think cheesy. he did. I think he did intend for Danny and Drogo to seem romantic, and I think he mm. failed at that pretty hardcore. Um, I don't know. Let me think. What else? Yeah, moon and stars remember. and all that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there well, are others are like I like like Carl and Asha. I mean, you know, I, I like how he can sometimes do subtle like. You know, like just kind of you know background slowly happening stuff, and he he can well, like, do some cool stuff. Luther like Brone and Maya Stone, if that happens, like yeah, that's kind yeah. of a yeah. a cool background. And you know, PN Pack is like a cute, yeah, a cute little story. Pod and you know anyone. Uh. <laughs> anything, anything that would get the show out of my mind for poor Pod and his romantic yeah. life. Would be yes, welcome. <laughs> Um, is there anyone that you guys, what characters would you ship yourself with? <laughs> no, now we're just oh, going to no. literally go self-insert. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, Sander is, you know, I, I'm a fixer and, and he, he's, a pro- <laughs> no. he's, he's a project, you know, I mean, that's. <laughs> so it's like, I'm with you, Sander. no, Sander's got some, he's got some value there, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah he's, he's got some value there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a mess, and um, yeah, I love Jamie, but Jamie's he's got it together for the most part. I don't really feel like I'd have a lot to offer him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like uh, you're, you're a cool, dude. I'll have a beer with you, but like that's just kind of out of my league. Where I feel like Sander is just exactly the mess that um, you know, as an older and wiser woman, I've avoided. But you know, as a younger person, um, you know, for sure, that's. Fix that right up. Um, <laughs> hot pie for the bread. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I've always liked Davin for myself. I knew you were going to say Davin. Well, right, because he's, he's kind of like Jamie, but he's not as fucked up. And he's, like, kind of dumb. Like, he's not super dumb, but he's dumber than I am, which is, like, really important. <laughs> 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 I've always loved Adam Marbrand. Oh. Have you liked Adam Marbrand? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's sort of the same, the same thing. Like they're like the rugged, the rugged, cool Westerlin dudes who aren't as complex as Jamie and probably yeah. you know aren't yeah. as yeah. smart, but seem like a good time. You know, <laughs> seem like a good time. 
And, you know, I mean, Mar- they've got, you know, they're both going to have their own keeps and stuff. We'd get to, like, hang out with Jamie, which I think really, like, that's what we, that's just, like, self-inserts. We don't necessarily, like, want to be with him. But, like, when they had the, you know, let's say in a happily ever after scenario, when they have the Jamie Brienne wedding at Casterly Rock, like, we'd get invited. Like, oh, no. We would be the plus if, ones, which if, is really all we want. If Brienne wasn't in bedding. If she wasn't in the picture, I'd want to be with Jamie. I'd still pick. It might be aiming too high. And it might be too, you know, too. If that's a choice, I can't pick. get in there. You get <laughs> I said in Jamie. There. Yeah, we'll come. We'll come to the wedding. <laughs> you know what's funny about like the whole self-insert thing? I don't identify as much with Sansa and I identify more with Brienne but I wouldn't want Brienne and Sander together nor would I want Jamie and Sansa together it's like mm-hmm. the opposites <laughs> of you know I, I like the guy and the girl in my, my two ships um, yeah. but don't want necessarily the twain to meet <laughs> well let's talk about Sansa and Sansa a little bit because we didn't really you know we kind of you know mentioned that it was a, a few people really liked the ship but we kind of glossed over it a little bit and, um, you know, what aspects of it really appeal to you? And I think I've heard, like, the the fixer, and, you know, I think it's the San- – is it sort of like the Sansa kind of soothing, you know, soothing his soul? Like, that kind of – is that kind of what appeals to you about it? I, I think for me, it's more – it's less about what she gives to him, and it's more the idea that in all their interactions – there's a sense of Sansa is in such peril at all times when she's in King's Landing. And even though at at first she's afraid of Sandor, there's a sense that he would protect her. Oh yeah. And like, I think about that line at some point when he tells her like, you know, I'm going to be the only thing standing between you and your King. And it makes me think of Jamie when he wanted to protect the queen from the King. And there's that, it makes you wonder like if Joffrey like, you know, I mean, and you could argue that Sander does still let Joffrey hurt Sansa, but like, you know, there's the feeling that he would do more to protect her, that he yeah. wouldn't just be, you know, he wouldn't stand by and he backs her up when she tries to save, you know, Sir Dantas and stuff. So there's mm-hmm. this idea that he would be the protector that she actually needs. And he's the only one who comes to her, you know, at right. the battle, after the Battle of Blackwater and says, come with me. You know, I will save you. Um, I think and, he would, you know? Yeah. And he's in desperate need of the compassion and the soothing that is Sansa. So right. it really is mutually beneficial um, if she was aged up 10 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's what, you know, five years. The, I'll just take five. Anything. Those moments when she's praying, you know, when she's praying during Blackwater and she's thinking of, you know, thinking of him and, you know. Mm-hmm. the way that she's the way that she's praying for him like she knows him and i think maybe that's part of it too like of all of these ships like the ones that get me and the ones that stay with me are the ones that i feel like the characters actually really know each other maybe that's what yeah. i don't like about john and danny is like right. they don't know each other 100%. whereas i mean sansa you know sansa knows sander so well like she you know she knows things no one else knows about him and she understands, it's not even just she knows facts, like she understands what's, she understands who he is. And I think vice versa, really. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, 
you know, Jamie and Brienne the same thing. Like, they understand each other. Although I think Jamie doesn't entirely understand Brienne, which is a good thing for him, because when he does completely understand her, he's so going to be done. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to be able to quite handle, I think, handle that. (laughs) But, um, and, you know, like, Ned and Kat. Like, I think, you know, there's these relationships where they know each other better, and that's what's appealing. Yeah. And, uh, oh, go ahead. I just said agreed. Oh, <laughs> Damn, I thought there was someone else in there. Um, you know, one character we haven't talked about, and I hesitate to bring it up, but I'm going to, is, um, you know, do we think that there's any ship that would work out for Tyrion? Hmm. I mean, oh. Taisha, wherever she is, that's, oh. that's all I want. I wish Taisha better than <laughs> I mean, you I know, kind I... of, oh, go ahead. Are you going to say you ship him a little with Penny? Because I ship him a little with Penny. Oh, no, no, because it's just so awful. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I do a little bit. I do a little bit. I hate him so yeah. much yeah. for it. That that close reread was just, is is a very awkwardly painful to think about how, but you know, easy Why do you ship was. him? Uh, he, you know, yeah, explain Chicky. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I just, I I think he actually is getting to know her, you know, okay. and in ways that, you know, I mean, like when you look at his Taisha relationship, I mean, he literally knew nothing about her, but that right. she was hot. Yeah. Um, and I think everything about the Penny thing and is, and I kind of, I kind of like the fact that you have him, like she kisses him and he's not really sure that he's attracted to her and he's trying to be polite and stuff like that. Because I guess as a woman, that's something, <laughs> have we all been in that situation where we're like, do I want to do this? Is this something I want to go? You know what I mean? Like, I guess I kind of like that he's in that position of, you know, like, Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I could be attracted to you. You know what I mean? I kind of like that for him. I like him being in that position of having to get, like reevaluate his own position of privilege and, and like reassess someone based on their personality, I guess, right. as opposed to their fuckability, which would, is, right. a, is a real change for him. Yeah. Yeah. When he spent a lot of time around prostitutes. And so, you know, to have a woman actually genuinely interested in him, not just for because he's going to pay her. I mean, it's, yeah, it's intriguing. Yeah. I, pers- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super into it. I'm just like, if you made me choose yeah. someone, I think Penny's probably the one. I mean, I I am 100% against this in some ways, but then I'm also for it. And like, and it's Tyrion Danny. And I'm against mm-hmm. it in the sense of, oh, the oh. ugly dwarf gets the most beautiful <laughs> woman in the world. Like that, like surface aspect of it. But yeah, I yeah. actually think from like their personalities and what they would bring each other could be good for them yeah you except that do... it rewards i mean it, it's just right. it rewards every horrible aspect of Tyrion. yeah you can't do jamie and brienne and then do Tyrion and danny that would just be a little heavy-handed but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean that's that's true i just i mean maybe it's just that i want like them to work together because i think yeah. that they can you know, provide each other some some checks and balances, maybe. And maybe it's not, like, a romantic relationship. I don't want to ship shame you, but I'm like, aren't you a huge Danny fan? Why would you? <laughs> I mean, I like Danny, and I, you know, of you know, Danny's kind of the other character of, you know, what... And I just feel like, I mean, I actually kind of feel like Danny's sort of beyond romance at this point in the story. Like, she had her Drogo, yeah. she's... You know, yeah. she's, got, she's got Dario that she's banging, she's got her husband, right. but, I mean... Like, 
her destiny is nothing. I don't think is anything to do with with romance. I mean, I think she's gonna. I mean, I think she's the flame out and die trying to you know yeah either trying to save the world or saving the world. And I, I just I don't, I don't think she's got time for the time for right. a boyfriend right now. No, she's got stuff to do. Yeah, Focus she's a little daddy. busy. And I, yeah, I just you know who you know there's really no one. I mean. I don't think there's anyone in this world, you know, in this world for her, I guess. And, you know, I'm sure, like, there'll be a John romance, but I, I'm not really interested in it. Right. Well, you know, going back to Tyrion, I know that this is this is in crackship territory, but I just want to throw it out there. I love when Tyrion gets paired with Marjorie, like in fiction. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially yeah. show Marjorie. I love, hmm. I love them. I really do. And there's a part of me that wonders if it, especially in the show version, if it couldn't have been made to work with him and Sansa, too. Yeah. Not in the book. Sansa isn't, oh, I mean, that's not, you know, that's not a bad Sansa. It's like, you know, I think it works. Either way, I wouldn't shame you for it. (laughs) I I like, well, I think Marjorie in the books. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, like, with Tyrion Sansa in the books, he's much more, like, full creep Tyrion. Yeah. Whereas they toned him down, and he's much more sensitive to her situation in the yeah. show. So, like, I was kind of rooting for it, you know, when I watched the show, anyway. I feel like it makes Sansa, like, subvert everything about herself. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't like that aspect of it, you know, or, like, she should be grateful that, you know, they're not, like, 100% horrible to her, just, like, 95%. <laughs> well, and I hate that they cut it out where in the book she doesn't kneel down yeah, right. for him to put the cloak on. It was such an awesome, like, passive-aggressive, <laughs> perfect move on Sansa's part. But um, but no, with Tyrion and Marjorie, I, well, I'm I think into that. that <laughs> like, that witty, urbane yeah. banter and stuff that they, that they could have that would be, you know, that's kind of fun. And Marjorie is such, you know, Marjorie is kind of a blank slate in the books and the show, you know, in the show, there's more personality, but in the books, it's like, you know, you can kind of match her up with anyone. And, you yeah. know, like, I mean, Marjorie Robb for like the pure power play would have been fun. Yeah. Marge Stannis would have been, uh-huh. like, you know, would have been interesting. Marge Robert, you know, I mean, any of those could have been kind of interesting to see play out. How have we not talked about Ned Burt? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's true love, right? I mean, <laughs> okay, good. It's, guy love. it's guy love, the love between two guys. I mean, like, does anyone <laughs> express more open love for one another than Ned and Robert do in no. the books? No, and I mean, they're so, you know, they've really, like, harmed each other in their lives and really, I mean, had fights about horrible, you know, they their fights that they had were about horrible things. And, I mean, they were kind of broken up for years at a time or months yeah. at a time. Why and break? Ways, you know, found their ways back to each other. They love each other so much. Yeah, it's and, so I mean, so it's fair. really that, you know, bond when they were teenagers, I guess, or that they, you know, they obviously complement each other. And I think... You know, I mean, and you know, I've always thought Gendry is like the ultimate, like in the modern, in a modern alternate, alternate universe, Gendry is the the son of Ned and Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you know, like Robert's strength and looks and Ned's stubbornness and kind of morality. I mean, he's like he is wow. the two of them, you know, so much. 
Love it. And uh, like I could just totally see like Ned and um, Ned and Robert having you know twins, Arya and Gendry, because Arya is kind of <laughs> also their child. No, 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 no. Well, different. You know, <laughs> they're not biologically <laughs> siblings in this universe, <laughs> but it would still be extremely icky, right? But mm-hmm. yes. Oh god. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, here's my thing. Here's my thing with ships. I just I can't. I mean, like, it's fun to talk about the Nedbird. So it's just, like, I'm not a crack shipper. I have to like yeah, believe that a ship is in. going somewhere to invest in it at all. And so that kind of has limited me to like the I guess the kind of the just boring ships with ship. a song of ice. And <laughs> I mean, the cannon ships. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I also think like if you're into the characters actually knowing each other and, you know, having kind of a depth to their relationship, well, they have to have some level of being in canon to get that at all, you know? Yeah. Some of it for me, though, is about redemption, like wanting Sandra to have something nice so that he can, you know, prove himself to be more than just a, you know, a murdering jerk. Same thing with Tyrion. Like, you know, if he were to ever meet up with Taisha, like, how would he act? How would she act? How would that play out? Like, the redemption of these garbage characters, you know, who have this, you know, <laughs> sliver of the redemptive good. power of love. Yeah, I guess. The circle sure. back to the royal wedding right there. <laughs> <laughs> show no, me I mean, that you're not just pu- purely garbage, please. Well, right, and show, you know, write, write something about love actually meaning something more than just about people having sex with each other. Right. Like, right. make it, yeah, I mean, just make it mean something. Like, I mean, I think the reasons, among the many reasons we love Jamie and Brienne yeah, is like, okay their love for each other like it means something it means something to you know it means something to what love means i guess yeah i mean she redeemed jamie she helped him he may not realize this but get to where he is now he would not be here without her i don't think at this point in the book but i mean that's what i love about them is that she really did you know she they went through something together and And i think his love you know his love is like world changing for her, but then right. also like, you know, what is the Brienne? What is the sto- what happens in the story if, you know, his like they're together? Like, what does that mean for other characters, and what does that mean for that world? For those five minutes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, like, I know that they'll experience some seismic issues during those five minutes, but. You know. <laughs> You know, I think there there is something. You know, there is something like it sounds horrible. It's horrible to say it, and I don't know how to put it better. But like, his love is going to give her value in other people's eyes, and I don't know a better way to put that because it's not exactly what I mean. Um, well, I mean, I think if we're like going he down rec- the- maybe rec- like he because of who he is, it his recognition of her will cause other people to recognize how awesome she is. Yeah. That makes yeah. that's more that's, of it. Yeah, that's true. And it gives people permission to think outside the box. Everything does not have to be highborn lady with, you know, a knight. You know, it can be something more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. I think with me for the two of them, it's just I love the way that they both have to stretch 
to fall in love, you know? Like, they both have to go outside of what they think they would ever want um, to, like, be able to, like, deal with their feelings for each other. And I love that aspect yeah. of them. Well, I think they have to go beyond, like, again, the whole the whole idea of, you know, the surface level of what romance is, which I think, you know, that's definitely what Brienne saw in Renly. And then, you know, Jamie, I think, thought he was seeing beyond the surface, but never was, you know? Right. Where it's kind of funny, like Sansan, I don't think they ever, like Sansan maybe saw the surface of each other for like a second. Like right. they, you know, those two characters dove in like immediately, which is kind of cool. Yeah. They're very meaty for such a problematic romance. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I like. I know we said we weren't going to talk too much about Jamie Brienne, but I like what you said about like what them being together would mean to everyone else. Cause like I, I personally subscribe to the theory of Jamie and Brienne essentially being light bringer, like especially in the book universe, I'm all about the prophetic dreams and I feel like it's not in there if it's not important, you know? Right. So there's a sense of like, not only do I just like them as two characters who went through something together and I think would do well together and complement each other and understand each other. But it's also, there's so much symbolism around them that I do think affects the story. You know, um, I know even though in the books, Jamie doesn't have the other sword yet. Right. Am I right. remembering that correctly? Yeah. But like, I feel like because it does happen in the show, it, it makes sense for him to have it eventually. And it makes sense for the two of them to, you know, eventually come together and, I won't get into that whole thing, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It Come together, weird. save the world. You know, yeah. I mean, live in you know, live in live in lore for sure. <laughs> and I mean, I think you know, there like obviously there's you know there's romances you know the romances that are you know the Romeo and Juliet or the um, think like the classic romances although i feel like romeo and juliet is a really terrible example because it's actually like a horrible rom- like what are they what are they thinking they're like 13 years old and they've known each other for like a day like this is ridiculous but um you know these these great romances in history and how you know i mean <laughs> jamie and brianne like stand so far beyond like a lot of that other the ones we know i mean obviously there are like real life couples that have been together for you know 70 years who you know, are better romances than anything anyone's ever going to write in fiction. But, you know, we don't know about that. So <laughs> right. can't really can't really judge them against that. But, um, you know, they, they obviously have that potential. And I mean, I honestly think that, you know, as, as we're sitting here talking about Sansan, like, honestly feel like, wow, that has, you know, I always, that has like more potential than I realize. Like, I like it, but then when I analyze it and I, for, I like take the age and like the violent aspects out of it and I'm like, right. I actually really like it. Like, I like what the characters mean to each other. And I think that's what makes like a successful ship. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just that everyone's banging, which is fine, but there's got to be more to it. But, like if Sansa had never banged, I mean, I, you know, just, I'm not like as inve- invested in it as I am yeah. J.P. Brienne. If they never banged, but they like were, you know, were together or they, you know, found each other again or, you know, whatever right. they mean to each other. Like, I still like that's good enough for me for them. I guess I'm so invested in Jamie and Brienne that I need to see it on paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, need, like, I need like a 20 page yeah. cringe worthy <laughs> 
awful sex scene, <laughs> and then like an uncomfortably long, um, uncomfortably long scene on the show. Like it seems like right the up ones as, where of, if your mom or dad came in when you were, or your grandpa or whatever came in when you were watching your kids. I guess no. even when you're watching it, you'd be like mortified. It seems right <laughs> up his alley, though. Like he loves things that are like you know that would be you know you could say for. Uh, you know, the average person might be a little, you know, you know, I don't know. I think he loves the idea of somebody like super hot with like, you know, someone not. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it just, I'm just bigger than him, bigger than the, you know, the female. Like, I think he would go into right. detail about that kind of stuff during sex. Like, I think that would be, you know, something well, he'd focus on. I mean, as long as it's from, and I think we've talked about this before that like their first sex scene has to be from Jamie's POV because from Brianna's yes, POV. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It would be graphic from Jamie's POV. <laughs> Cause Jamie's so blunt. And so like, yeah. you know what I mean? He'd, he'd lay it all out. <laughs> God. (laughs) I think we're gonna get curtains fluttering though, because realistically, like she's really injured, and like, and you know, he's got one hand. Like that's a lot of, a lot of writing work. You know, I just don't understand why everybody thinks only having one hand is 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 like such a problem for. How many does he need exactly from a? (laughs) Does he have writing complications? (laughs) Maybe this is the writer's block that George has because it's like, well, uh, you know, he's stuck on their chapter, their bed. Yeah, he's got like he has to make sure not to like create an extra hand for him, and then it's you know, Brian's got like broken ribs and stuff, so he's got to you know, like work all of that in, but yet also still have them have sex. So it might be kind of difficult. <laughs> yeah, again, it's it's so awkward that it's right up what he'd enjoy writing because it's so awkward. <laughs> the injuries and the, the pain and the <laughs> that's his kink <laughs> we didn't talk about Sam and Gilly at all does anyone have any feelings about them of you know kind of our canon ships <laughs> I'm, I have mixed feelings so on one hand I think oh they're so cute and you know kind of sweet and innocent and wholesome in a way but at the same time it's sort of a situation like I have the Disney princess problem with Gilly where Sam is almost literally the first man that she really meets uh, outside wow. of her dad. I mean, like all these, you know, the men of the night's watch, they come to their house, but they don't speak to them. Sam's like the only one that speaks sure. to her. And so, and he saves her and then it's like, okay, well you're basically my husband now. Like I think it starts with her being so dependent on him that it just becomes romance. And I'm not saying that it's bad, but you know, it's that like Rapunzel creepiness Mm. where it's like, "Eh, he's literally the first person you've ever met. Like (laughs) you're lucky. He's a good dude, but I mean, to be fair, she tried John first. (laughs) 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 Or no, no, she did go to Sam first. I think you're well. And then Sam takes her to John. Yeah. Cause, or was it, or did she meet Ghost and John before she met Sam? It, well, I think what yeah. it is is Ghost. Ghost, I think, corners her and is, like, barking at her. I feel like Sam is the one who comes up and approaches her and is being okay. super friendly. And Gilly is very skittish at first. And I feel like, actually, Sam keeps approaching her in my Sam. memory. <laughs> I don't I don't pretend to be an expert on Sam yeah. and Gilly, but I feel like I feel like he was approaching her. 
I also feel like if they get a sex scene, then Jamie and Brianne get a sex scene. Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from your lips to George's pen, but... <laughs> Sam and Gilly just is not my cup of tea. You know, like, it's just like some romances, like, are the kind of thing I dig, and some I'm just like, oh, okay, that's there. I mean, you know, that's Sam and Gilly to me. It's there. I just, oh, oh, there it is. There it is. (laughs) It's like Grey Worm and Miss Sandy. Yeah, uh uh-huh. It's like, okay, that's nice. I mean, you know, they're really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know... I like and I like both characters in the books. I I don't really like have any and I like I I like Miss Ende in the show, but Grey Worm is just kind of very bland to me in the show. Yeah, the yeah. way he's written, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I just yeah, it doesn't and in the books I think he could and probably will be more interesting, but um in the show he just seems kinda of dull. And What's I think amazing you know, is how kinda of mad that they are and yet they were like the best part of that season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, they did humanize them, but it was just, everything else was so awful. I don't know. <laughs> the bar is low. <laughs> yeah, the bar was extremely <laughs> low. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other, you know, the other major, other major in Canada. I think we touched a little bit on, on Renly and Loris, and it's, you know, obviously almost all of, you know, all of that happened off screen for the most part. Oh, God, talk about things that break my heart. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, the example of the couple that clearly, like, really know each other, you know, just with Renly. You know, and it's kind of like you get a little bit of insight into Renly when you realize that at some point he, you know, he must have been aware of how risky what he was doing was if he, you know, kind of went and with Loris ahead of time and was like, if anything happens, you know, bury my body here. Like, so at some point they had that, you know, they had that conversation, which would have been, you know, kind of interesting to, interesting and horrible to see. Yeah. I feel like the show really did them a disservice because it's yeah. like Loris mourned for five minutes, was, yeah. you know, sassy to Jamie and Brienne for five minutes. And then <laughs> he's over at the whorehouse, you know, just hooking up with whoever. It just... Right. They really painted it. I don't know. I don't. I really feel like they did that a disservice. Well, they never like made it. I mean, it's that cut. It's that cut scene with Loris and Marjorie that, you know, diminished Renly and Loris's relationship, but then also diminished um, Marge and Loris's relationship. And it's like, damn, you had the scene and you put like the stupid shit, like the stupid pod shit in the show, but you couldn't put that scene in. Right. What was like, the that, scene? It's, there's a cut scene where it's right after Renly died, and it's um, Marjorie essentially comforting Loris about Renly's death, and Loris kind of talking about how he pushed Renly into, pushed Renly into it, and mm. um, you know Marge is just like, Marge is like genuinely comforting him, but then also kind of like, okay, you know we're in a dangerous position, we have to like, you know get our shit together here too so it kind of yeah. it was great in establishing like the actual real romantic love between Renly and Loris but then also like the actual like really good brother sister relationship that um Marge and Loris had oh, okay yeah. I haven't seen that. and it's just a you know it's just an absolute shame that it was cut because I think those are really you know really important relationships that then yeah. you know it's like they filmed it they did it and then, you know, there's this payoff, per se, in the, at the end of season six. But if you don't show us, 
they didn't earn, you know, they didn't earn that as much as they could have. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. earn like Marjorie's desperation to save Loris because you didn't give us that at the start. And that's my big fear for Jamie and Brienne is that. God, that was the end of season six, wasn't it? That's so crazy that that was that long ago. Oh, my God. But, you know, they didn't write the middle of Jamie and Brienne's story. And so, you know, they're never going to earn the end of it in the show. No. No, but a lot of people don't care. I know. And I I care. You know, I care. Like, I want the, you know, God damn it. Like, I want the middle of it. The middle is like the best part for, you know, for this story. And we're not going to. I'd care a lot fucking less if I thought that George would get the whole thing written. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. And it, you know, obviously the San San fans have it even worse in the, in the show. And that, you know, they're completely dropped. You'll never say that. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, any other ships anyone wants to quickly bring up? Any of your favorite crack ships? Favorite mentions? I think, you know, for comma's sake, we should mention Fat Walda and Roos, which is... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a good... Really good great. Like, she's she's really established a really fun fan fiction relationship with them in, like, a number of her stories, which I have a hard time distinguishing between that and, like, actual canon. Um, <laughs> canon. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's fun. It's really, it's great fan, and, and I, I kind of like them because of it. Um, uh, I'm just not a crack shipper. Sorry, I just don't have anything. I'm so boring for this. We need comma for this section. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she seemed to, yeah, it's true. I just feel very passionately about, like, three ships, and then... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like comma have, like, the Rolodex of uh, ships. <laughs> um. Yeah. I love Bran and Mira. Yeah. Yes. Oh, there yeah. you go. I like Bran and Mira better in the books than in the show. I feel like Bran kind of did her pretty dirty at the end there. But... Yeah. That was awful. Oh, in the yeah. Show. That's. Ugh. Oh, but she's they are so cute a... in the books. Because yeah, you can kind of so tell cute. that he likes her. Like, oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just... He's adorable. And they did a good job, I think, with casting those two before they made him get all, like, weird and cold and, you know. the. Mm-hmm. Well, they made her, like, super appealing, you know, yeah. too. Like, they made her kind of earthy and, you know, yeah, earthy and fun. And I mean, they could have had, like, good chemistry. If it had yeah. yeah. I don't know if they could have had good chemistry. I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe so. he got Liz's skills a little bit better, you know. But. Yeah, it's hard to uh, imagine Brandon romance the show. I know, I know. <laughs> That's the weird thing about like I feel like Game of Thrones and stuff in general is you find yourself shipping like essentially children, and you're like, yeah. no, 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 not in like that way. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to. Yeah, you have yeah. to like I ship Gendry and Arya, but in a sense of like I want to imagine them sitting on the school bus next to each other holding hands. Yeah. Like I want them. In innocent. <laughs> That's what somebody gave me a hard time about Gendria once, and I was like, "Did you like ever read Anne of Green Gables? Or yeah, like, you can just yeah. kind of enjoy like a mild, you know, yeah. whatever." Well, it's like a Hallmark romance. Like you're yeah. not going to get banging at the end. You're going to get yeah. a kiss. No. like oh. a slightly, not even really an open mouth kiss. That's all you're going to get. I don't That's know what fine. we're going to get on Game of Thrones with those <laughs> two. Like nothing. But, <laughs> but, I am shocked. Okay, can we talk about Gendry for a second, though? <laughs> because I do feel like, especially in the books, there's just so much 
I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of symbolism and stuff built into their relationship. And then in the show, it's like, okay, Gendry just rows off or runs off to wherever he's going to go. And they are just so far flung. You don't even get the moments, like at least with Jamie and Brienne, you know, you get the moments of them. Yeah. Thinking, or even just like, you know, him looking at Tarth wistfully, you know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Like you don't even get like when, Gendry and John get together, you would think right. he would say, Oh, hey, I'd like traveled extensively with your sister. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that drove me insane. Of- How did they not talk about Arya? I that don't whole understand. White hunt, like, literally every character, nearly every character, their connection to each other was Arya, and yet she was never brought up. Never came oh, up. Right. Never came up. And yeah. John and Gendry met, and they didn't talk about Arya, and it was infuriating. Yeah. And. I think is it you know it's like they were so in love with their idea of Arya as the you know the emotionless assassin that they yeah. possibly connect her to you know the child that she is and was you know and it's well that and they're such victims of their own goddamn casting I mean this is what happened with Sansa I mean they didn't need to cast a forty year old man as Sandra. Right. And an 11-year-old girl as Sansa. They didn't have to do that. That was an unforced error, and they did it. And I'm not saying it would have been great if he were 25 or whatever he is in the books. But, I mean, like, it would have been somewhat more palatable, and they might have still been able to do it. Yeah. But it was the same thing with with Gendry. Well, although, you know, Joe Dempsey did look a lot younger in the first season. The second season, he really bulked up and looked a lot older. Well, and they gave – he has that bad haircut. (laughs) (laughs) but then i don't know if you guys saw like the pictures from spain during filming and there's one where they're standing next to each other and i was like oh i totally ship it i kind of real life ship it like you know what's funny to me as a long time self-admitted gendria shipper is how many people have come out of the closet as gendria shippers since Maisie williams turned 18 Oh (laughs) (laughs) and everybody's okay with admitting it now like oh yeah i ship it I mean, I don't, yeah, it's like, well, it's so, the first, you know, in the show, the first couple of seasons, it's so obviously written as a future romance, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I don't even, you know, it's like, well, how would you not ship it? I guess, like, you, you don't like, you don't like that. And I think maybe that's like our, our topic maybe to, to end on or turn around on is, um, you know, what do you guys think about this pretty common, common thing I see where, Oh, A Song of Ice and Fire, it's not about romance. It's about, you know, power and dragons and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you girls just want to bring in your romance. But that's not really what the story's about. Um, anyone want to <laughs> take a... I, I oh, might yeah. have framed this up to be... You're you guys, moron. it's like a soap know. opera. Yeah. Are you reading the same books that we are? Because right. I'm pretty sure there's romance. This is what I always say. The whole goddamn story is literally like... It, it all bursts out of love and yeah. lust. I mean, yeah. that is actually the genesis of the goddamn story. And yeah. he says that so, in so around. many words and so many ways and, you know, through yeah. other through yeah. characters' mouths. <laughs> like, well, you always yeah. want to read romance. It's like, the, the I'm not reading romance into it. I'm reading what's written there. And, and George will say what's it. Written by a romance writer writing a romance. And when he's written for the TV show, he, the Purple Wedding episode of Game of Thrones was like classic soap opera yeah. writing like it yeah. was the soap operas writing of you know 
more soap operas than you could possibly imagine, and like everything from the blocking to—I mean, it was soap opera 101. And I mean, if you look at how his writing in the books, like for me, the battles don't stand out, whereas the show, the battles stand out a lot of the times over the writing because the writing isn't so great. But for me, like it's the characters and those relationships and interactions, and a lot of that includes love that stands out over the battles. Like who? Mm-hmm. I mean, we can read the chapters with the battles and say, kind of, you know, you know. But it's like analyze them. But it's love is a really important human emotion and human interaction that feels like a lot of stuff. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. The idea that love is somehow not part of the story is well. um, The thing is, you gotta have something to fight for. God damn it! If it's gonna mean anything, if you're fighting, if you're fighting for your life, if it means anything, you've got to care about something. You've got to love something, and it's like love is always central to really good stories and. And yeah, if there's no love in this world, then why, you know, why not be icy blue-eyed zombies, you know? I mean, exactly. would we, would any of us be like this, you know, into this book if it was all it was, was battles and Ramsey, no, tor- Ramsey no. torturing people? You know, he skimmed over no. a lot of that because it's like, who needs that? <laughs> well, it's like you said, I mean, it's the whole reason that any of this is even happening is because of who loved who and then who didn't love who and who loved who enough to kill for it or lie for it or betray for it. Like that. There's that great graphic of the battle of Harrenhal that someone put together of, you know, this character loved this character, but like this, this character, you know, it's like all the arrows (laughs) pointing to all the different characters and how like messed up it is and how that kind of, you know, how that led to every, you know, led to everything horrible that happened in Robert's Rebellion and stuff. Yeah, I would also argue that in a a story like this, where there are just so many characters, you wouldn't be able to escape a handful of love stories. Like, it couldn't just be all about the dragons and the battles and stuff, you know, because it's not a TV show that only has five main cast and that's it, or, you know, like... Although it's funny because, I mean, on some level, it's like with George writing his fire and blood book and stuff, like he has reduced it to literally dragons and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how much of that is. I mean, does he feel like, oh, well, everybody loves the dragons and stuff, so I better write this Targaryen history like. (laughs) I don't know. Is it just because I don't want it? (laughs) (laughs) That's why other people do. It's easier who to are write. you? Who is are you people? Like, I would just love to someone to like write to me and tell me that they've bought this latest book. Just, just someone admit it to me. Is it even out? Or do they pre-order? I don't it? even know. I don't you don't can know. pre-order. It out until yeah. Well, all right, kids. I think it's time to um, time to wrap it up. I want to thank our panel for the good discussion tonight. And remind everyone that you can become a Patreon and receive your episodes of Close the Door and Come Here. Uh, at least a day early and you can find us on Podbean, on Stitcher, Google Play and iTunes and all of those places like that. You can reach us at close the door and come here at Gmail or close the door and come here on Tumblr, door, po- door podcast on Twitter or at close the door and at gmail.com and we would love to hear from you because I don't think we have any mail tonight so um, please write us. <laughs> we love mail. <laughs> And with that, I am going to close the door. Get out.